0: Good afternoon and good evening, and thank you for joining us for another edition of The Divination Table. I'm your host, Michael Lennon, and today's guest is an international psychic medium and angel messenger. He's had a powerful mystical experience at the age of five when he had a visitation from an angel. From that moment, George had an unfolding of psychic and mediumistic abilities. His first tutor was his maternal grandmother, who is a very gifted medium. He conducts mediumship demonstrations across the U.S. and England. He's a frequent guest uh, instructor. And medium at Lilydale, New York, and he writes extensively on spiritual topics and is a contributor to such publications as the British magazine The Third Eye. He's also respected in the tarot community as a tarot expert and has co-taught tarot with luminaries such as Rachel Pollack and Mary Greer at the Omega Institute in New York. He's also been featured instructor at the International Tarot Convention, the Reader Studio in Manhattan, and he teaches group classes in working with angels and tarot worldwide. Let me bring on our very special guest today, George Curry. Hey, Michael. Hi. How are you? I am wonderful. I'm so happy to have you here. It's been such a long time.
1: I'm, I'm really thrilled to be here, and thank you, thank you for inviting me.
0: Oh, you are very welcome. You know, I've known you for a number of years from a uh, face group back in the day. And, uh, you know, I think we were a part of some of the same Facebook groups back in the day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I, I'm not even sure where you're, you're based, but um, it is a very interesting community, how huh, that um, eventually you get to meet everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm in the upstate New York area, so I'm not, uh, you know, too far out of your reach where you've been based in a lot of your teachings and uh, you know Lillydale as well as you know manhattan i'm like 3 hours north up near albany
1: oh yeah it's beautiful there just not in the winter time <laughs> oh i oh, i hear you i live i live in the mountains i know
0: <laughs> you know. I know. so tell us
1: how you got into divination well, as you mentioned in the intro, my maternal grandmother was a medium. Uh, I know that she read, uh, she, she worked in a in a traditional way, in other words, without any tools, just right. uh, basically direct connection to the spirit world. But, you know, at the time my grandmother was working and alive, it was really not acceptable or was looked at ask- askance to do this kind of work. And Particularly if you were a woman, it was it was frowned upon. Even though it has been the women traditionally that have carried this down through the centuries. So I know that she read playing cards, but that was never done in a formal situation. It was normally like at a, if there was a social gathering or a party, you know, people would have dinner. The men would go into one room, the ladies into another, and. Of course, people would always ask grandma to tell their their fortune. Um, I, in, in terms of the divination, I took a trip one day into New York City when I was 16, and I, I just really had the intention of walking around, and there was this torrential downpour. <laughs> I was right in front of Samuel Weiser's occult bookshop. I know that... Probably you and most of your listeners are way too young. Uh, do you remember the shop in New York? I don't. You know, I never took a trip to the city until I was
0: in my thirties.
1: Well, it's um, Samuel Weiser's was at that time. They're called an occult antiquarian bookshop. In other words, it, it, that's the the old school name for metaphysical. And <laughs> I think occult, you know, probably today has a lot of connotations for some people that yes. might be negative. It doesn't for me. But I was literally right in front of their shop down in the, in the 20s, like just on the border between east and west side. I ran in, and I was like a kid in a candy store. They had these incredible oak bookshelves with glass in front of them locked up with these ancient books. And I, I, I wanted to look at every one. I felt drawn to everything. And then in the back, there was a, a large bookshelf of tarot cards. And they had um, a loose-leaf binder with samples from every deck. And that, it, it feels like a hundred years ago. So, you know, there weren't that many decks that were available. I think I picked up the, the traditional Rider Waite and started reading it really badly. <laughs> for quite a long time. I can't I can't say
0: much because I still can't read the tarot.
1: Oh yes you can. I I beg to differ. If we sp- if we spend an hour together, Michael, I know you'll be able to do it. If I can do it, trust me. You can do it.
0: I, I, I tried for like fifteen years off and on and it's like just when I think I'm starting to get it, then poof it just goes right out of my head.
1: Oh gosh! Well, and, we we definitely have to get together. Uh, I'll I'll be happy to show you all my tricks. So, what what tools do you work with? I am a
0: medium myself. You know, I'm clairsentient, sentient, clairaudient, um, clairvoyant. I do a lot of my readings with a combination of either um, antique diviner cards that are listed as the Mealy Lenormand diviner cards. It's almost similar to like the grand Jew, uh, without the astrological symbols, it has more of the plants and the flowers rather than the astrological. Um, it was always a black and white deck. It was from the 1850s, but I've since incorporated, um, tea cards, Lenormand's um, soul cards, because I'm also extremely intuitive. So. I draw upon my intuition based on the imagery of each card rather than possibly the specific actual meanings
1: of what each card represents. Yeah. You
0: know, and then of course, spirit, you know, always interjects and they deliver direct messages from people's ancestors, their spiritual guides, the people that walk with them that have been with them through life. Sure. So sure. It, it's a combination of a lot of things. But with tarot, for some reason I, I just can't click.
1: Well it might not be your thing, it's certainly not for everybody. You know, but, you and know, I've I, also picked
0: uh, the, up bones. <laughs> Bone reading is a you, phenomenal thing. If you haven't tried that
1: <laughs> I I haven't tried it myself, but I have traveled extensively in South America and um the 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 groups that I've encountered in Brazil use the what do you call it, the cowrie shells but then in yes. peru i've i've also um I've walked and traveled with some of the medicine men and women, and they use bones to read from and it's you know it's all it's all good it's all valid
0: yes i mean they're they're all tools you know so i mean a a true spiritual person that is divinely connected, whether you are connected to your ancestors, the angels, or any other spiritual entity, you know, we use the tools to help enlighten us and to elevate our energy so that we can pick up on those sensitive vibrations so that we can translate the information. The cards themselves, they're cards. We do instill spirit into them. However, you know, we don't necessarily need to have them in order to do
1: our readings. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, they're you not know. needed, but they they certainly are fun, aren't they? Oh, they yeah. I won't I won't say they're not
0: fun because I definitely love my cards. I can't stop buying them. You know, now your grandmother was you know she did traditional, so she did a lot of uh, medium work. Um, can you explain to us, you know, what mediumship It actually is, because you use the word psychic medium. Um, And I know there's a lot of connotations with the word psychic as well. A lot of people have kind of moved away from that word and gone more towards spiritual or a divine type wording rather than the word psychic.
1: Yes, and what I found is that in England and Europe, people who do this work call themselves spiritual mediums. And I, I would actually much prefer to use that but uh, because I I feel it aligns more closely with what I do. But the problem is, here in the States, in terms of getting word out about your work, uh, aside from word of mouth, nobody really knows what... If you were to just put, let's say, medium, nobody's really going to know. I mean, people on the spiritual path who are into this, who study the work, they're going to understand. But if you put... Just medium, no one knows. If you put spiritual medium, I, I find that there's a lot of confusion around it. So for me, it's just a choice of words to, to, to help um, everybody or the largest number of people get it.
0: Right. And, and I understand that completely. And I think, you know, the word gets lost a lot, you know, bad connotations and everything else. But it is a word that is understood more by the masses rather yeah, than a spiritual yeah. medium. You know, or rather than somebody that performs, you know, direct connection to ancestors, people that have passed on, you know, it it needs, I think it needs more positive illumination on that particular word itself so that, you know, we can start getting rid of those, you know, negative connotations, the stigmatisms that go along with that particular word, you know. I'm I'm with you completely. (sighs) So, what exactly does a psychic medium or a spiritual medium do?
1: That's a great question. I, I really, you know, it's something I ask myself all the time. I really look at my function or my purpose as being a bridge between the, the physical world and the invisible or discarnate world. And for, for me, that would include not only our departed loved ones, which would be our, our pets, our, our children, our elders, but also, you know, guides and teachers, angels, um, evolved spiritual beings, ascended masters, all of it. Um, if, I guess, you know, if I, I, if I had to really use a title, that I felt best described me and what I do, I would use a word perhaps like mystic or even seer. But I don't think anybody in terms of the public would, you know, let's see, what the heck is that? What is? Who is this lunatic? And
0: <laughs> what in no. the world
1: is a mystic?
0: I mean, I've known you for a number of years, you know, from Facebook. We've, you know, yeah. chatted online before. And, you know, being a medium myself, you know, we tap into the other spiritual realms, the other planes of existence. And whether that be ancestors that came before us, guides that we came into this life with, you know, angels that we are born with that walk our path you know, we vibrate onto a certain plane of existence so that we can reach that energy to be able to communicate whatever messages these spirits, these entities, or these ancestors wish to convey upon us. Because sometimes, you know, we get stuck in life and we don't pay attention to the signs. We don't pay attention to what it is that we should already be able to acknowledge and pick up because we're too hectic and mediums have a, I call it a direct connection with those energies and those different realms so that we can provide somebody with the information that they need to, you know, either pass through whatever trial or tribulation they're going through or, you know, letting them know, Hey, here's a couple things that are coming up that you need to know about. We've been trying to tell you, but you haven't really been there to pay attention to it.
1: Yeah. You, you bring up some really um, great points there, Michael. I, I I see that not only within my family and friends, but everybody is so busy. We're, we're inundated with electronic devices, information, uh, people have to work harder i think now than perhaps they ever have in, in history to provide for their families and it's easy to become disconnected from our spirits from our souls and so uh, i feel a valuable service that a, a medium provides is to stand as an example and a reminder in the in the most ideal of cases you know not not yes. not you know it's very easy we're all human. It's very easy to, you know, get caught up in the bills, the hustle and bustle of life, the work, the job, and forget that we have this other aspect to ourselves uh, that, that has all of the answers, all of the wisdom. And so that, I look at that as a large part of what I do, particularly when I work with people one-on-one.
0: Well, you know, one-on-one, I think, is the the best because, you know, we have to be able to create change in the world, but we can sometimes only do it one person at a time. Every little win, you know, of a battle puts us closer to helping to lift, you know, others up. And that's one of the reasons why we do what we do is, you know, it's not about, you know, how good we are. It's not about our own ego. It's about, let me see what I can do. To help you, you know, to help lift you up, you know, because that's where we get our enjoyment from is watching others elevate and lift and become better you know spiritual beings
1: it's yeah, it's a bittersweet kind of work i I have people ask me continually, you know, can anybody be a medium and well, I, b- I believe that if, if we have ever loved anyone and they pass into the other world, that of course that, that, that heart connection enables us to communicate with them. But in terms of becoming like a medium, as somebody who does this for their life's work, I think you have to be crazy. If you don't have a calling, <laughs> you have to be crazy to go into this. And indeed, each of us, I think, is a little bit crazy. Who does this? Well, I can speak for myself. I can't. I'm not going
0: to. I'm not going to disagree because (laughs) we don't make millions. You know, we're we're certainly not going to have lifestyles of the rich and famous doing what we do. You know, if we're doing it from the pure of heart, you know, there are you know, rich celebrity type people that do this but I don't feel it's the same. It's not the same connection. It's not, you know, we're doing it because it's the love and the passion and it's what God and spirit has put in our, in, you know, on our plate saying, Hey, this is part of your journey. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You might not get rich doing it, but you're going to make a heck of a difference with a lot of people.
1: Absolutely. There's great you joy know. in that. And it's very difficult work, as you know, right? It's, um...
0: Oh, it's it's draining work, you know. And there are days where we end up at, you know, if we read for multiple clients during the course of a day and we are, you know, doing mediumship work and we are doing, you know, readings and drawing upon all this energy and reading ancestors and spirits, you know, we get drained at the end of the day. And there are days where we have to take time to ourselves to recharge those batteries to sit there and say, you know what, today's a day just for me.
1: So yeah, that we can continue so doing that work.
0: You know, if you're not exhausted or tired or drained from doing your spiritual work, you're missing something. At least that's my feeling is that you're missing something in doing the work that you do.
1: Yeah. You know, you, you asked me at the very beginning, um, I believe why I was doing this work, or what was it that drew me to it, and I just I feel I can't imagine doing anything else. I really can't imagine having any sort of a a job or a career. Uh, this I feel compelled to do this kind of work, and. Uh, Along those lines, you know, I've been thinking of late, and I'm curious because I know you're a medium. Where one of the things I've been asking myself is where is mediumship going to be like in the in the next century? Where is it headed? What's it going to look like? In many ways, I I feel like it's it's become. oh, 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 we've stuck to many old fashioned. Outmoded ways, things that no longer work, and I'm—I—I I, just—I really feel uh, I, I'm not—I'm not saying that I spend every minute of every day, but it's something that really occupies uh, a lot of my thought process. Like, what? How are we going to serve? What's going to happen in, let's say, the next century? What is this going to look like? Well,
0: I mean, I think with the way the world is going and the way things are changing we're going to need to have to step up. We're going to have to find new modalities, new new ways to communicate the same types of messages.
1: I think we'll still
0: be able to keep the same ways that we do things that we think may be outdated, but they still do work. You know, they still provide the information. I think it's a matter more of, How do we reach the people with those messages? You know, how do we give them the information in a way that they're going to now understand it compared to where we used to give them the information 10, 15 years ago? Yes. You know, my style, I mean, I've been reading, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 49 this year and I've been reading since I was 18. Oh, congratulations. My techniques and my styles have still not, they, they haven't changed as much as maybe they have softened a little bit. But I use the same techniques now that I used when I first started reading. And when I first started reading in the Botanicas full-time, I use the same process, the same information. I use the same, you know, whether it's the same decks of cards, whether it's everything that I work with is still the same. It's just trying to find the way to make my client see the information and understand it in a more clear way that's going to benefit them. Because I think as we change and as society evolves, it's completely different on how people react to information, how they view people giving them constructive criticisms or saying, Hey, this is the information that I'm receiving. You know, I think we have to get more involved and more interactive, you know, with our client I, base.
1: I agree with you completely. I'm I've I've had these visions of groups of mediums sitting in very large circles gatherings, where I guess you could call it kind of sending out prayers, but it it, it feels to me like a very um, powerful, focused intent on different outcomes in the world. In other words, setting, planting the seeds energetically for peace, for uh, you know all, all of the things that we're struggling with right now, the disrespect for uh, life in all different forms, uh, degradation of women, uh, you know all all of the things that. Are contributing to where we are right now in a, in a way that is not good and not healthy and I, I feel that mediums if you could get a large group of mediums under one roof to agree and get along with each other for let's say an hour every week I feel that we could be a tremendous force for change and that's, it's already happening I mean people do that in religious uh, services you know, but um, yep.
0: we do that I, in um, mesas, you know, to you know, come together and to bring people in so that we can have group sessions of spiritual mediums working to provide information. I think a lot of it has to do with also empowering our young, you know, our young generation that has pulled away from spirituality. And has pulled away from groups, you know, and organized religions and give them a deeper sense of purpose, you know, within their own spiritual life, you know, and let them understand that it's not all about the me, me, me. It's about the we. It's about the community. It's about the world together, the communities that we live in, you know, the people that surround us. And... I think a lot of young, I mean, they're changing slowly now. But I do think that there are a lot of younger people that need this more than a lot of others. I think we need to build our younger generation to understand more and to see clearly, you know, these are important things that your ancestors viewed, that your ancestors ancestors viewed as being important. And we've kind of gotten away from that, you know, in society where now it's all me, me, me. And we need to start pulling people back together again, you know. And I think that's one of the hardest jobs is reining everybody in so that we can help lift
1: Oh, go ahead. Yes, I hear I hear you. This just this morning I stumbled on an article. I have not had chance to read it in full, but I did scan it. I want to get back to it. It comes uh, out of a British newspaper and it actually it relates specifically to the tarot, but it's a reflection of I feel w- what you were talking about and what's happening right now, saying that there is a massive resurgence of interest in the tarot. And there are some uh I don't know how formal the studies were, but the gist of it was that people are becoming mistrustful of uh, the the common sources of authority governments uh religious authority, and you know people who have abused their power and so now they're turning to tools like the tarot because it it really is a great device to use for one's own personal development so i, I really felt encouraged by that
0: um, and and it is i mean people are searching for their belonging to something that is particular to them you know we never nobody has ever marched to the same drum i mean we might belong to different religious organizations or different spiritual groups but we all still have individual minds. We all still need to have the power to create change within our own life and find that spiritual connection that works for us. And tarot is a wonderful tool for people to be able to self-explore and to gain power, you know, as are most divination tools.
1: Yeah, and I I am finding that in the past couple of years, the classes that I teach, I am having. You know, we have mostly women that come to <laughs> the classes. Yes. But now what's happening is they are bringing a lot of their teenage and early 20-something uh, daughters and sons with them. And it's really heartening to see. And they, they really get it. They really, really get it fast. And they get it in ways that really surprise me. Like, I'm, I'm learning, learning so much from them.
0: You know, I, it, it's a beautiful thing. You know, whenever I see family involved together, you know, there used to be the old saying that, you know, a family that prays together stays together. And I, I think it's one more than that. I think it's, you know, a family that spiritually comes together stays together because they work individually, but they also work as one. And they also understand the importance of the mind, the body and the spirit in all aspects needing to be healed and needing to evolve and grow. You know, now, I mean, aside from a medium, I mean, you're also a respected tarot expert, To a lot of people. I mean, I know you have co-taught tarot with you know such people as you know Rachel Pollack and Mary Greer, the Omega Institute, and you've been a teacher and instructor at the International Tarot Convention, as well as the uh, Reader Studio. So, when you're using you know tarot, what importance do you feel that like your ancestors or your guides play? While you're doing a reading, because you know, I always mention during my shows that you know, there's a difference between just being a reader and being a diviner. You know, anybody can just read according to the A plus B equals C, but to have the connection with spirit, I mean, how deep does that play in the work that you do?
1: For me, it's a, a major part. When when I'm doing, um, if I'm teaching a class if I'm doing a private reading or if I'm doing what's called a gallery where you're doing a readings for a large group of people in a public setting, uh, guides are always with me. My ancestors are always there. I make the purpose of inviting them to each session, to each class, to each public event, to each reading. But for me, they are During those times, mostly in the background, I know that they're there. I'm not consciously communicating with them. The times when I am really like getting into the nitty-gritty with them is during the mornings. I, I sit for an hour every day and meditate. And some days it's just to meditate to clear my mind. Sometimes it's just to connect with the energy of the angels just to hang out, not making any request or demand, just to sit there in that energy and to to feel it and to savor it. And then there are certain days, a few days a week, where I sit with the intention of being with the the guides and inspirers and all of the teachers that I work with. And it's during those times when uh, a lot of information is shared with me I always sit down after and I journal about it. Some days, you know, it's about us receiving benefit or teaching, and on other days, I'm asking, you know, what what can I do for you? The angel said something to me very interesting. I was about to do a big class, a very large class on angels, and I said, "All right, do you do you guys have any messages for the students?" And my My prime guardian angel is like me, sort of a wise guy. And he said, yeah, tell him we're not an ATM machine. (laughs) And I I knew it was funny, but I didn't know what it meant. I said, okay, please clarify. And basically the gist was, uh, you know, feel free to come to us for anything, absolutely anything. But also uh, take some time just to be with us and to see what you can do for us because – it's definitely uh, a two-way street. So, yeah, and that's that's a long-winded answer to your short, simple question. I have a very rich connection with my guides, and um, I'm I'm eternally grateful for them. And that's that's basically how I work with them. Well, you know, I I love the
0: fact that you word it the way that you
1: did because
0: it is a two-way streak. Like, I have agreements with my guardian angels with my ancestors and the spirits that I work with that whatever they lay on my tongue, I have to speak. Even if I'm not getting paid for it, whatever information they provide me, I have to pass along. If I don't, they stop talking because for me, spirit has always said, like, this is a special gift that you have. And we work with you. We provide you with the information but you must also work with us. And it is just like having a relationship, you know, with a friend, you know, with a family member. It's like you treat them the right way. They treat you the right way. And in order to do that, you can't just always ask them for questions. You can't just always ask them for information. Sometimes you just have to be in the presence and be able to say, look, we have, we have, this thing in common, let's just sit and spend some time together.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful.
0: You know? And it is a beautiful thing. Like, I have not myself... I don't think I've ever actually communicated with an actual angel, because I know you're also an angel messenger. You know? And I know that for you, started at a very young age when you had your first visitation. Excuse me. I mean, how do angels pass their messages? I mean, do they do that the same, similar way, like an ancestor would give you a message? Um, You know, I have, treat me like I have no knowledge of angel messages, because, you know, I've never actually worked with them myself.
1: Yeah, I, I, I believe that, you know, it, it, it was my very first spiritual experience, and it was so powerful and so profound that, the 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 energy behind that interchange, the um, the empowerment, the upliftment, it, it came at a time when my parents were fighting. There were a lot of financial problems. They were not getting along, and I, here I am, an only child, and I just I would retreat to my room. I didn't know what the hell was going on. Uh, I thought it was you know my fault. I was seeing, you know figuring out if I could fix it in some way. And I, I was going to bed one night. I was looking out the window, and this angel comes into the room. We had an interchange. It wasn't very long, maybe about five to eight minutes, but the experiences stayed with me. And ever since that day, I be I began a process of communicating with them in different ways. So, in answer to your question, how they communicate with human beings, I I feel it's exactly the same. As you would have, let's say, a message from a departed loved one, a mother, father, brother, sister. Um, it, it can come through dreams, through uh, just an inner knowingness that there is somebody here with you to help you, to guide you. It can be a message that you receive, let's say, as a, you know, what's known as a download. It's a very popular term these days. Yes. Uh, sometimes it can be overhearing a conversation with strangers in which something there sparks something in your soul, where you know that oh God, this is the answer to what I've been seeking. You can hear a, a song on the radio, a favorite song. You just know that okay, uh, I'm with I'm 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 with my friends and with my allies. And in terms of differentiating between you know, let's say a departed loved one versus an angel. That, like anything else, just comes with experience. I didn't have the the mediumship in terms of talking with uh, my departed loved ones till several years later. It came in about I don't know, maybe seven or eight, and then in my teens, that's when it opened up fully. So yeah, and and any anybody can communicate with. They're angels. I feel that they are here. They're closer to the earth now than they ever have been. And the reason is because people are waking up, acknowledging the wrong of the world, the injustices, and wanting to do something. So that's why I feel the angels have become so commercial. We have angel cards and candles and uh, crystals in the shape of angels and you, you name it. I feel that there that's a reflection of of something on a much deeper level that's going on.
0: So how do people start off trying to communicate? I mean, how do they develop that type of connection
1: with angels? It's really easy. Um, you know, my my feeling is that they cannot interfere in our karma, in our day-to-day lives, so we have to ask them for help. And I feel that this process is really the same for our departed human loved ones that um, they are there they want nothing more than for us to be happy and joyful but they really can't interfere unless we ask them so that's step number one we ask you make a request a petition you say hey this is going on I'm unhappy about it this is what I'd like to see happen and I really appreciate your help And you just send out love and gratitude to them and then you'll receive messages as to the action steps you need to take to bring about your desired outcome. And I know you already know this, Michael, for yourself, but for your listeners who might not be familiar, it's such a simple process. It's, it's really, really easy. Um, and I've never seen them let anybody down, ever, unless you're asking you know, for something that's going to harm you or another person. Is that why I'm still single? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've been asking for um, years, and they keep saying no. She's like, well, oh, why not? Maybe I'm going to harm myself. Maybe it's going to harm me. Maybe it's just not, you know, a, a good oh thing gosh. for me on a spiritual level.
1: That's you know? really But funny. I mean,
0: I think that, you know, when you say it's a, a simple thing, I think we... A lot of people, I think, overanalyze, you know, what, the, what it is that they actually want to achieve, what it is that they want to talk to, you know, how to develop that. And you bring up, you know, extremely valid points. It's just like, it all starts with communication. It all starts with asking, you know. I used to tell people all the time, and some people don't like the way I word it, however, you know, saying God created the world. He's done his job. His job is not to really answer people. We have underneath God a multitude, hundreds of thousands of different angels, hundreds of thousands of spirits and deities that we work with. Those are the ones that we call upon. Those are the ones that we ask and petition, you know, in our favor to help bring about these changes that we wish to bring about. But if we don't ask, they don't answer. Because they are not in a position to just automatically say, oh, well, I think he needs this. So let me just go ahead and make it happen. They need the permission for us to say, I am asking you to work on my behalf. I am asking you to step in and play a role to help bring this change about. Because until we do, even with our ancestors, even though they want the best for us, if we don't ask them to provide us with information when we do readings, if we don't call upon them to be present, they sit. Because their job is not to answer unless they are called
1: yes i i um i've I've had the good fortune to to meet to know to study with and also befriend some, some re- truly great spiritual teachers and beings and one of the valuable lessons that they taught me and this is in the past few years was uh that So often, and I, I was guilty of this for the longest time, of looking to various beings, master teachers, angels, uh, on the other side, who might have had expertise or powers or gifts to bestow in certain areas, and really looked to them for, le- leaned on them very heavily. And it was with the attitude that they were so much more evolved than I am that they know so much more that they have so much more and my my mindset was that I was somehow lacking in so many areas and um, the the realization that I've had uh, of late is that we each of us has a soul and in the depths of that soul we have really the answer to pretty much any question that we might have. But because, you know, of all the things that we discussed previously, because we're all so busy, so distracted, so ungrounded, we've we've lost sight of that. And I feel that, uh, I, I know for myself, when I started really working with my soul with the same amount of respect, reverence that I did when I went to these beings, I found that I was starting to work much more in a level of partnership with them. And not not out of ego or arrogance, but really out of a sense of, you know, we're on this path together. You are also, even though you're invisible, you're still learning and growing and evolving. So let's get our sleeves rolled up and we get to work. And when I when I came to that realization it was so tremendously freeing for myself. And um, I would say I'm a much happy camper right now. You know, it's a beautiful thing when people can actually sit and
0: realize that with all the Ascended Masters, with all the ancestors, with all the spirits that have come before us, that we really are part of one big, huge, universal pool of energy that we all draw upon. You know, all of the experiences that have ever happened in the past still happen today. And when we realize that all those answers are really within us, we use other modalities till we get to that point to reach that same outcome. And it's not an ego thing. We do have all those answers. And it's just sometimes... We need other avenues to be able to access it. Yeah. So we'll call upon, you know, energy. So we call upon as, you know, ascended masters and teachers to say, Help. teach me, show me this. And what they're really showing you is what's already inside you.
1: Absolutely. That's the million-dollar answer.
0: You know. And you know what? I, I
1: just realized something. Um, I have neglected to talk to your listeners about how and why the tarot works. Can, can we take a few minutes?
0: We can talk about anything that you would like.
1: Great. and Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. So this I, It won't be long or painful, I promise. But I <laughs> no, noticed that when I mean. a lot <laughs> of people come for a tarot class, that there is a bit of superstitions. People still have this um, idea that it's the tool of the devil. And as you stated earlier, they're just pieces of cardboard and paper. And they don't really have any power. But here, here are some of the things that I feel the tarot can accomplish. Let's say for a person who does not want to counsel others, but they want to know the tarot and know enough about it so that they can do some problem-solving and wisdom-seeking for themselves. One of the things that the tarot is great for is uh, in laying out the cards and reading through a certain spread, looking at the pictures, it can help place a situation that has been troubling you or that you're not clear about out in front of you in pictorial form in a way that you could say, oh... This is the part that I've been missing, or that's the part that I've been missing. And it can make uh, problem solving really, really clear and easy for you. Uh, the other thing that I find it's great for is timing. Uh, people want to know, you know, when, when am I going to move house? Uh, what's the potential for me to find a, a love partner? Uh, what about my finances? Should I go for this job versus that? So, in in terms of decision making, uh, looking at the timing of certain situations, uh, it can be really really invaluable. And the the one thing which I would like to share with everybody is that the tarot is really simple to read. I I always make the claim, and I've I've never uh, I've never actually had an issue with this that I can teach uh, or let me let me say it differently anybody can learn to read the tarot get up and running in five to ten minutes that's not going to make you a professional it's not going to give you the wisdom of years of working with people but I I can show people how to get up and read in the shortest amount of time possible in a way that's fun doesn't require memorization, and uh, is really effective. I have not every one of my students. I would say maybe five um, percent over the years have gone on to be professionals. Um, the 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 one the one caveat, the thing that bugs me about um, I guess how how these things are handled in the West is that so many people go out and learn, let's say, a healing modality. Let's use Reiki as an example. And then after one day of training, they're hanging up a shingle and saying, professional healer. Well, you know, you can do actually a great deal of damage to yourself and other people. I know that you know this, Michael. Oh, yes. The same with tarot. I'm really clear with people. I I say that, you know, you're not going to leave my intro class and go out and expect to be a professional, but you can at least start to read for yourself. And then for the, those that are interested, I give them an idea of a long range plan. As you know, if, if okay, you want to go professional, how, how, how do you get there? What are the steps that are involved? All right, right. so I'm off my soapbox now. <laughs>
0: well, no, I, you bring up valid points because, you know, as professionals, you know, and I do consider myself a professional. I mean, I have been reading for over 30 years and wow. I have worked in, you know, religious stores, botanicas I mean, where I was doing, you know, 10 to 15 readings a day. And these were all half hour readings, you know, where I never knew. And these were all on a spiritual level. These were not just your typical, you know, people coming in for just a tarot reading. These were people that were invested in their spiritual life. That needed to know what was blocking them, how to get from point A to point B, you know, what things were hindering them spiritually that they may not have taken into consideration. And one of the things that, you know, we learn is that if you have not been through an experience, how can you expect to counsel or to give somebody information? that's going to better them, you know, better their own lives if you have not gone through years of experience. We draw upon our life experiences when we do readings. And I often tell people, even some of my own students when I was teaching them how to read the Lenormands, you know, on the tea cards, it's like if this is beyond any experience that you've had in life, find somebody else that this person can sit and read with because we won't do any good to a client if we can't come from a place of understanding, if we have not been through those experiences. And our main purpose is to help. You're like, I don't do domestic violence type readings. You know, I'm not in a place where I can offer people the type of assistance that they would need, the type of information that they would need, the compassion or the wisdom that they might need to have in order to empower themselves. So I will find people that are more vested and that have had more years of training in this particular area because it's important that, you know, just because you have a certification in something, you're not an expert. That takes years And years of working and failing and acknowledging that you fail, you know, and working to better yourself and try to find other ways to reach to that end. You know, so, I mean, one of the biggest things for, you know, all of our new listeners, you know, be aware of what your limits are, where your boundaries are located. And if you want to read professionally, take the time. It won't be overnight. You know, you have to take the time to really learn and put in that time, so that your clients, you're vested in that person's yes. well-being.
1: Well, one of the things, um, one of my teachers said to me early on, he said if you, you want to be do really great readings, go off and do two hundred of them for free, for starters. Yes. <laughs> and then come back and talk to me, and and I did, and I'm really grateful, really grateful that they gave me that advice.
0: You know, I did I did free readings for years, and periodically I still do them online, and I do them in groups, and you know, for me it's my way of giving back. You know, for everything spirit and my ancestors and the guides and the angels have blessed me with, it's just like. I'm not here to make a million dollars. I have a decent job. I make good money. You know, I have a, I have a house. I have a car. I can feed myself. You know, I do what I do because I love doing it. I mean, I worked for 10 or 15 years. I was working like literally seven days a week. You know, full-time job plus my three days off working full-time at the Botanica. And I had all that energy because I was doing what spirit wanted. And I was doing it, from a place of love and respect, you know, from the heart. And if you're just going to get into this just to be able to hang a shingle, and I'm going to say it out loud because, you know, you're going to shit on other people because if you don't have those years of experience, you cannot give somebody all the information, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding that they are going to need. So start out slow. Take your time. Work your way up. If it's really what you want to do, you will put in that time, and you will be paid for it many times over in ways that you will never be able to understand until you go through it.
1: Yeah, that's really great advice. I, I'm wondering, do you, do you know how many of your listeners, like what percentage are either professional readers or aspiring professionals?
0: Um, I haven't really sat down and taken a look at all the statistics that way. Um, I do know that there's a very large number of people that listen to the show that come from Facebook that are either professional readers or aspiring So, I mean, I I would have to say at least 75, 80% of the listeners are either professionals or they are aspiring to become professionals. And I'm often harsh in some of the things that I say on the air because it's important that people understand. It's like, you know, I've been seeing and talking to dead people since I was a child. You know, Mm. I have been a medium, you know, since five, six, seven years old, I have always seen spirits. I've always talked to spirits. But I have also spent years of formal training in spiritual development with different teachers, different mentors, my godmother, my Egyptian priestess. You know, I have spent countless hours of my life, my days, my weeks, you know, becoming better at what I do because it's not that I want to turn around and put a shingle out and say, Hey, I'm the be all and the end all. I know all of this. It's like, no, I'm always unfolding. I'm always learning. I still tell people, I said, I still feel like I'm a beginner, even though I've done this for so many years. Sure. Yeah. Well, we are all beginners, aren't we? You know, it's a never ending, love, you know, and passion to do the kind of work that we do and do it from the right place.
1: Yeah, I, I was joking with some friends of mine in terms of, you know, the the training that's required. Sure, we are all born with a, a calling, perhaps some gifts in place, but it, it does require someone who has gone before to show us the ropes, how to polish it, how to. You know, evolve it, and we were we were joking that we think we've spent as much as a, a physician would for their their <laughs> college training. You know, f- flying to different places, studying with different teachers. It's um, people just think you know. Sometimes it's like a cracker jack box; you get a a prize, uh, but that it ain't so. That's not the way it works. <laughs> no. no, I mean I've had.
0: You know, a multitude of different teachers, whether it be Egyptian magic, whether it be Celtic magic, whether it was Haitian Vodou, Santeria, you know, going to the spiritualist church, you know, taking classes, doing Reiki, which I'm also the, you know, a Reiki master and trained in therapeutic touch. You know, I add all these modalities, I add all this training because it's important. It's not because I want a piece of paper on my wall to say, hey, I took this, or I studied this, or, you know, I have a multitude of different certifications. It's because I can't do my job effectively without having all of this information, all of this training. And I don't know it all. I need somebody to sit there and say, hey, this is why you're doing what you're doing. This is what's going to help you. And having Uh somebody... I don't have an ego, so I mean, when somebody can sit there and show me something, I'm all in because
1: I don't know it all. Yeah, I hear you, um, Michael. Can I go back to the very beginning? I'd like to ask you again. I'm curious about the deck that you mentioned. I I heard you talk about the the Le Grandjean la Norman, and I know I know that deck. It's got. Um, it's like different uh, squares with different scenes. Am I correct?
0: Yes. Um,
1: the Millie
0: Lennerman Diviners deck is very similar. It is a, actually a lot smaller, so it's not as large as the Grand Jew. It is a deck from the 1850s, which actually I own the original Um, press board deck before they actually went to publication and I also own a deck from the from 1920 which is when they first started printing out in color and you have three images so you have a main image on the bottom two smaller images on the top you have your geomantic characters on one side you also have a plant or a flower in the center you know There's a a lot involved in the deck, but being a, uh, how can I say it, being a symbolic diviner, I'll put it that way because that's how I read a lot is uh, through images and what the images actually mean to me. I found this deck to be very well suited for how I actually read without knowing anything actually about it. They are very practical for me when I actually read. So I don't have to learn a whole different way of reading when it comes to a particular style or deck or what the traditional meanings like, you know, you have to learn the grand Jew. You have to learn how to understand the mythology, you know, and the history of all the scenes, you know, that took place way back in Greek time or in Roman time or in the biblical times where they have the different images and the different scenes. For me, you know, the image of a particular fight was actually a fight. It was actually something taking place on a level where there was confrontation, somebody in bed, you know, where there was somebody sitting at the bedside was literally a card of sickness for me. You know, all these cards took on certain particular meanings that I probably am the only one that understands, but it's because of the way I actually read that every card for me was a literal translation and symbolic meaning for. Um, I know you're on Facebook, so I'm going to actually send you a link, or I'm sorry, a picture of the grand Jew which is on the top and then the other cards which are underneath which are the the two directly underneath the Grand Jew are the original decks that I actually own. The ones on the bottom are ones that I've kind of scanned and recreated so I could actually read with them. Um, they're a they are beautiful, be- they are beautiful.
1: Deck.
0: you know they're also very practical. You know the one image on the second row from the top on the right where you see that angel coming down that's the angel of messages that's a message coming from God coming from spirit that a joyful time is coming you know family is coming together to hear news because you also have this uh, what looks like a post office guy a postman um, carrying a letter and you have the angel and you have the family conveyed underneath on the bottom you know Joyful news is coming. And for me, that always is a family gathering of good news. It's always somebody getting married or somebody having a baby. And Spirit's delivering the message that, hey, good news is on the way. Things might not always be, you know, as hard as they might be in life. Things are about to get better. Here's the information. And, of course, it also depends on the cards that are above it before it or after it, depending on the type sure. of spread, you know, but it's very similar to the grand Jew. You so know, you, you are style. pretty much self-taught, correct? Yes. Uh, when it comes to divination and readings, I have been self-taught with the exception of tea cards and Le Normand. So I have taken classes on those, but my initial, when I first started reading was whatever spirit and God showed me. You know, whatever my ancestor spoke to me, um, whatever the images provided to me, because being very symbolic and being very intuitive, all of those images already spoke to me. And when my grandmother, like this, the original deck came to me from my grandmother, who was a avid garage sale fanatic and auction person, went to an auction and rumbled through this box of junk (laughs) and pulled out this (laughs) one deck of cards and says, Oh, well, Michael will enjoy this. So she went and she bought it. And I think she paid like $3 and 50 cents for it. And she came home
2: and she gave it to me and
0: I looked at it and literally from day one, it was like, I had a connection with that deck. It's like, I knew that deck my entire life. It's like, it was my best friend. And I immediately just started reading with it. And I had been struggling with trying to learn how to read tarot for several years prior to that. And I had put out to the universe and to God and spirit, say, look, I know there is a deck out there that is mine. I know there's a deck that I meant to read with that is, you know, already has my energy in it. And I wanted spirit to deliver it to me. And my, my grandmother was the modality for that deck coming to me. And it was the only one I read literally for years until I started uh, back in the day on Facebook in the Lenormand groups starting to learn how to read Lenormand's.
1: That's beautiful. I love it. You know,
0: and I still read them today, You know, but now they're more of a special uh, reading. If I have a client in front of me and that deck actually speaks to me and says, "Oh no, 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 we can't do Lenormand's, we can't do this," you got to pull me out. Now they only come out certain times,
2: hmm.
0: you know. And it's only because that's what spirit has dictated because I have evolved and I have changed, you know. Now, I mean, as a teacher, I mean, I know you teach and I know you go. T- all over the place. I mean, what do you have coming up? Do you have anything new coming up this year or next year coming up that uh, our listeners, you know, may want to know about?
1: Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) yes, I do. Uh, Let me just pull up. Uh, The best way for people to reach me is to go to my website, which is spiritlovesyou.com. That's spiritlovesyou.com. And from there, if you would, in the upper right-hand corner, click on the Facebook logo and go there and just like my uh, Facebook page because most of the events I list on Facebook. I do have several tarot classes coming up, uh, one in October, one in November. And uh, I just would like to announce one event, if I could, Thursday, September 27th. Uh, it's Thursday, September 27, in Tarrytown, New York. I'll be at the um, Hampton Inn there. And this is an evening of messages from heaven. I'm working with a dear friend, uh, an international medium, Dolores Rilho, and we're going to be doing a public demonstration of mediumship. We have a few seats left. So uh, if, if, even if you're listening in and you're not in the Westchester area, if you know people in that area, we'd really appreciate it if you send them our way so they can uh, read up about the event. And there's tons of other stuff going on, but uh, just head over to my Facebook events, and uh, there's really something happening every minute. <laughs> so let's see. So
0: you have messages from heaven down in it's the Hampton Inn in Elmsford, New York, on September 27th.
1: Yeah, it's Elm Street. And you're going to be Tarrytown. across.
0: Now, you're going to be across the river from me. October 7th. Tarot Made Simple at the yeah, Spirit Tree Connection in Cohoes.
1: Cohoes, New York. Yes.
0: That's like 5 and minutes from my house.
1: Really? Yeah, I, I literally I like know where I am to. half the time.
0: <laughs> I'm going to have to um Keep that handy because, like I said, I have not met you yet in person. I'm very, you know, I really do want to meet you in person. And knowing that you're going to be right across the river. Same for me. I'm going to have to make arrangements for that particular event. Now, you also have a night of spiritual communication or spirit communication at the Center of Intuitive Arts in Hicksville on October the 15th.
1: Yes, that's with my friend Jay Bariloff. He's a wonderful medium.
0: And you'll be again in Cohoes on October the 25th at Spirit Tree Connection for Reading Day with George. Yes. And then beginning in November, you're going to be down in Rutherford, New Jersey at the Montclair
1: Psychic School for Tarot Made Simple. Yeah, those are full-day trainings. And for the people who come, there's no experience necessary. By the end of the day, you will have the tools that you need to go out and start really mastering this you, you, The people that leave my classes Really do feel A strong sense of confidence Even people who say There's no way I could ever possibly do this So um, if you have any interest so You're talking in reading people tarot, like me <laughs> Well <laughs> I think you're, you're being uh, A little bit self-effacing I have no doubt you can read the tarot Absolutely none. It may not be your tool you know it sounds like you really resonate with La Norman and uh, you know things like the tea cards which I know and I love. But um yeah, let's we'll talk about it, Michael.
0: Yeah, We we'll definitely will. It. So what other things, I mean, I know that um you know you do tarot conventions um as well as like the Reader Studio. Um do you have any of those in the works for next year?
1: Yeah, and uh, the Reader Studio for those of you who don't know is uh, it's an organization started by uh, Wald and Ruth Amberstone in New York. They are truly wonderful people, and they're very enlightened tarot teachers. They have an annual convention every April in New York City. It's the world's largest tarot gathering. And there are people there who work with La Norman, and uh, it's, it is... Really, a gathering of wonderful, wonderful people who are involved in divination, particularly the use of cards. Now, in 2019, I will be one of the headline teachers, but they are already sold out. So, if you are interested, go to the Reader Studio on Facebook and I'll like the page so you can keep. Appraise of what's what's happening for 2020. If you really want to get in for 2019, you can get on a waiting list. There will be a great uh, Lenormand teacher, Rana George, who is an author. Oh, yes. Uh, she's from uh, Lebanon, and she reads the cards. Uh, she's a true a true wizard with them. She's going to be doing a workshop, and we have another uh, section on crystal gazing, and I'll be doing some some new new things with Tarot. So it's, yes, um, and I also know really that we're going to gallery. have a,
0: um, a well-known person that's also going to be doing some um, casting of lots. Um, I won't say who because I'm not sure if all the information is supposed to come out yet. But I do know another person who is going to be doing one of the um, study groups. If all things work... I may be attending it myself. Um,
2: oh, that's you know, great. It's depending on.
0: I have not. I have been looking forward to it. And every time I see it post up and I get to the link, it says sold out. Because <laughs> yeah. they sell out like within a matter of just like two weeks immediately. Um, but it's all going to depend on, you know, family situations, uh, family health matters, uh, things that are going on. Um, so I'm picking and choosing my battles at the moment. I was supposed to myself go down to New York city in September. Um, when Karen of tea with Karen comes over from Australia for her first ever trip to the U S. Oh, um, wow. But unfortunately I have to postpone that due to some family issues. Um, oh gosh. Yeah. You know, but you know, it, it, it is what it is. And I have to take one thing as it comes, you know, Um, I'm looking forward to, you know, hearing more about reader studio and all the great wonderful people that are going to be there and that are going to be presenting. Um, it's a, it's really a phenomenal place. And from the people that I have talked to that have been there, you will not find a larger group of friendly, loving people that are so accepting there's no egos. There's no, I'm better than anybody. It's people pure of heart that are coming to share their knowledge, to help you learn and become better at what it is that you do.
1: It's and absolutely true. It's, it's so, it's so unique in that regard,
0: you know, and it's a, it's a truly beautiful thing, you know? So what other things, I mean, when are you coming out with a book?
1: Well, I have two in the works. Uh, I'm I'm just, one is on tarot, the other is on angels. And then eventually I hope to have um, a a book on mediumship, different aspects. But the past three years I've literally been on the road pretty much the whole, past two years I commuted to England um, back and forth. This year, I've been all over the U.S., and I'm just trying to figure out how to balance my schedule to be two <laughs> places at once so I can stay home and write and also be on the road. Well, I have it'll, no doubt. I already, felt the book in,
0: I already felt the book in place, and I already felt, you know, spirit telling me that, you know, you've you got to spend more time doing, your, doing some writing. You've got to, you know really start putting forth more effort into getting those things out. And I know it's difficult because you've been traveling all over, but I think that the words and the information that needs to come out of you needs to be heard. And I I think that's why spirit is telling me that, you know, I think that's the reason why spirit is telling me, she's like, ask him about books (laughs) (laughs) Because they can't let the you can't let that fall to the wayside.
1: No, no, and I, I certainly won't. Um, I have a large portion of the tarot book completed, but um, yeah, you're absolutely right. And they will come out, and you will all be the first to know because I'm not shy about these sorts of things. <laughs>
0: Well, when they are ready to come out, let me know, because we'll bring you back on the show. We will make sure that we get you some airtime so that we can, you know, let our listeners know what's available, when it's available, where they can get it. Um, you know, aside from, you know, being able to reach you, you know, on Facebook, uh, you know, George Curry, you did say that one of the best ways to contact you or to find out about your classes or your, you know, uh, events that are coming up would be to go to your website, which is spiritlovesyou.com and to click on the little Facebook icon up on the top. Um, you do have, you know, a lot of information on your website as well, you know, testimonials, you have different links and resources, you know, as well as different classes that you, you know, that you provide, um, yeah, how? No. What other ways can listeners, you know, get a hold of you? Should they want a reading or angel messages? Right, I, I know you do
1: a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, thank you for bringing that up, Michael. If you go to my site, you will notice that there is no tab there to obtain a private reading. Here is the reason: I am booked up now solidly through the early part of November, like between the first and second week. So I've taken them down because. I am I'm revamping the, the ways in which I do offer the readings in terms of the pricing, the length of the readings, and so I'm just gathering a list right now. If you are eager to have a reading, whether it be, <coughs> excuse me, tarot, mediumship, an angel reading, just send me an email, george at com, and I will hold your email. And when I open up uh, the list for readings again, I'll send you out a message to let you know.
0: Oh so now, before you know we're about an hour and twenty minutes in. I do need to give a shout out to a couple of people. You know one of my longtime friends and you know supporters, you know, also runs a daytime show on Spreaker.com, Candelo's uh, Corner. It's 12 o'clock someplace by my very good friend, Candelo Canvisa, the longest running spiritual radio show that has been online. Uh, you can check him out, you know, at Spreaker.com. At, it's 12 o'clock someplace, as well as an event coming up uh, September 29th and 30th called the Mile High Conjured Gala in the heart of. Denver, Colorado at the historic Lumber Baron Inn, you know, you with people that are going to teach you real conjure, real hoodoo, you know, speakers such as, you know, the host, Kendelo Kambisa, uh, Elaine Bryant and brother R.J. James, Professor Ames, as well as Beverly Smith, uh, Professor Porterfield and Ambrosine Laguerre, wonderful and beautiful, you know, bone reader. Michelle Jackson as well, you know, as a uh incredible bone reader, Michael Cardenas, uh Miss Aeda as well as Hudu Moise. You know, you can find out information about that for September twenty-ninth and thirtieth at the com. That's just ConjureGala. the word uh just conjure dot com. You know, coming up September twenty ninth and thirtieth. You know, and you know, just to let people know, I mean I have a lot of things going on right now. Um This is going to be one of my last shows for a few weeks. Um, I have a couple of family-related matters going on. So for the month of September and maybe the first week or two of October, um, the show is going to take a hiatus uh, while I take care of a couple of family-related matters. Um, Once that is done, we're going to be revamping the show and I am going to be bringing on special guests. We are going to also be doing some live readings um, during our shows, and we're going to be doing a little, couple little special things that I'm not going to put out there just yet. Um, so I wanted to let everybody know ahead of time. Um, you know, it's a, a, a beautiful show, and I love doing my show. I just have to focus right now on some family things, um, and with everything going on, I'm sure you can understand that, yeah, I'm pulled in just a, a lot of directions at the moment, so I have to take a short little break. And once those clear up, we'll be coming back in in the beginning to the middle part of October.
1: That sounds great. Well, Michael, I wish you well with any of the pressing family matters. I, I also wanted to mention that in that list of practitioners you mentioned, um, is it Dr. Ames? Ah, Professor Ames, yes. Professor Ames. I I know him, and he's just a beautiful soul. He is
0: a beautiful, traditional Southern root worker,
1: you know, full of
0: knowledge. I mean, these are real deal people that, you know, practice. It's not the, oh, you know, I know somebody that knew somebody, or I... Learn this from somebody that's been passed away for a bazillion years. These are people that were brought up, raised traditionally in family cultures and traditional root work and conjure. Uh, These are like the real deal. They're going to teach you different things that are real, traditional, down to earth from real, everyday life people. Hmm. Wow, that sounds amazing. You know I wish I could be there um
1: <laughs>
0: they've been pressing me,
1: <laughs>
0: but i I just can't make you know too many trips right at the very moment um so is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners and our audiences uh before we you know head out?
1: No, I would just say you know for all of you who have an interest in the spiritual path uh I, I would say you know don't be shy, jump in. See what resonates with you. Allow your soul to guide you, and also to the best of your ability, uh, take it a step further. Get involved in your communities uh, where you you can contribute something, no matter how apparently insignificant, to make some positive changes in uh, the the circle in which you live and travel. And uh, Michael, I'm just I'm so grateful to you. Uh, I I know that. You are making a difference in the world. and thank uh, you. I just really, really appreciate your your inviting me on to to speak with you tonight.
0: I'm so happy to have you here. You know, I had you on my mind when I first uh,
1: relaunched this show
0: uh, because I remember you from years ago. And, you know, it's been a phenomenal time having you on the show. Uh, I respect and love everything that you do. I love your energy, you know you do what spiritual workers do, you know, you do it from the heart, you do it with love and compassion, you know, and you want to make a difference. And that's really what my show is about is showcasing people that make a difference and the different types of divination that are available, you know, to people from all walks. If you don't like tarot, that's fine. If you don't like, you know, Lenormand's, that's fine. If you're interested in just, you know, mediums or if you just want people that know angels, you know, I bring something on from every part of life, every walk, tradition that I can find. And I stalk all my readers before I bring them on because I want to bring the very (laughs) best. (laughs) You know, And I do. And I bring the very best to the show because that's what I want. I want people to know these are real deal people. These are people that I myself endorse and have known for years that I believe can truly make a difference in the world. And they
1: already are. That's beautiful. Well, thank you for all your great work, Michael. And uh, mm, it's been a joy to, to talk with you tonight.
0: And you as well. We'll have you back on again, you know, after we relaunch. And, you know, maybe we'll do some uh, tag
1: team readings together. Oh, that sounds, that sounds great. That'll be great fun.
0: So, you know, for all of our listeners, I want to thank you for joining us this week. Um, I will be posting again online. Keep an eye out for when we relaunch again in about another five, six weeks. And till then, have a beautiful day and God
1: bless. God bless. Thank you.